0: Masters of Change Show, Season 1, Episode 13.
1: Masters of Change Show, bringing you real entrepreneurs, real experiences, and real advice, with big inspiration and a whole lot of soul. Whether you're looking to start or grow your business, hack life, or learn personal growth strategies, we are confident you'll hear game-changing ideas and perspectives here. Ready to learn? Always with a big smile, with your host... Bara Ali. Listen to the show twenty four seven at www.mastersofchangeshow.com.
0: Thank you very much for joining in with this new episode of Masters of Change Show. Today I have a very special guest, my good friend Tom Abbott. It was an interesting interview because originally what I wanted to talk to Tom about was his book Social Selling. But Tom has a very unique business because he moved from Canada to Singapore and started his business in Singapore. So the first part of the interview was actually focused on how he was able to start his business in Singapore and grow it, and what were the challenges that he was able to overcome in order to build this business. And then in part two, we talk about the social selling, which is an incredible book and full of details and full of tips and tricks about how you can actually sell your product and connect with the new customers online using social media. So in this interview, I have divided into two. Episode 13, we'll be covering the first part of the interview, which is about building a business outside of Canada, in Singapore specifically. And in episode 14, we will be talking about the social selling. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, please check Tom's book and his website. And please like and subscribe to the show. So enjoy. Good to have you, Tom.
2: Hey, thanks, man. It's a real pleasure to be here. Good to see you again. You look great.
0: Thank you very much. Good to see you as well. So, Tom, <laughs> uh, let's start uh, the show with, tell us a little bit about Tom Abbott and uh, Soho Coaching.
2: Sure thing. Well, I started my business, Soho Sales Coaching, uh, about 15 years ago in 1999 in Vancouver, BC, Canada. Mm-hmm. And when I first started my business, I was working with uh, small office and home office entrepreneurs, hence the Soho. Soho, okay. So- So I was working one-on-one with small business owners and really trying to help them get clear about how do they uh, stand apart from competitors, how do they generate leads and and prospect, and then finally, how do they close sales and actually make money and grow their businesses. So I was really helping them focus on those those three areas. Then in 2001, Mm -hmm. um, or rather in 2008, so fast forward quite a few years, in 2008, my wife got a great job opportunity. Mm -hmm. She was an interior design at the time. And things were slowing down in in North America, as you can probably remember, around 08 and 09, right? So she was fortunate enough to get this job opportunity as a designer working on this huge Resorts World Sentosa project in Singapore. Okay. So we had a good conversation, and we decided, you need to move to Singapore to take advantage of this opportunity. Mm -hmm. So I said, you go there try it out for about a month or so. If you're not happy, you just come back to Vancouver. Okay. If you are happy and if you like it, then I'll fly there and join you and see if I like it. Okay. So I followed her. She said, Tom, this place is great. So I followed her, came, um, got my speaking business going. I had to transport it from Vancouver, Canada to, to Singapore. And I'm just fortunate enough that things really took off with, with my speaking and training business here. And the funny part is, I guess the irony is that we we came to Singapore for her job, but we stayed for mine. So for the last four years, <laughs> she's been working full time in, in my company. So we've since evolved from working with small office, home office entrepreneurs mm-hmm. to delivering sales training programs for um, multinationals that have regional sales teams all around Asia Pacific. Asia. So I do speaking engagements, uh, motivational sales keynotes, and one, two and three day sales training programs. Helping companies, you know, with their methodology and their approach and their systems to sales, uh, for companies everywhere from Hong Kong to mm-hmm. uh, Bangladesh. I was just there last week. Uh, Mumbai, Chennai, so all over India, Asia, PAC, uh, including you know Perth. I've uh, been to Sydney, Australia, Indonesia, Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, just all over. Brunei. So I'm I'm grateful to, to be doing sales training programs just all over Asia Pac. So that's keeping us pretty busy. Absolutely.
0: And it, it, I'm sure I mean everybody talks about Southeast Asia as such a great place to be in and the vibe of people and the vibe of the city and from pictures I see the architecture is just such a great place to be in.
2: Yeah, well, when, when, when you say Southeast Asia, I mean, it's, it's such a huge place, mm-hmm. right? And, and there, there are so many different countries here, and I think this is what, what's really interesting. So in Southeast Asia, I mean, being based here in Singapore, mm-hmm. I'm, it's a great hub, so I'm able to travel all around the region, and Singapore is, is literally our home base. So I can get to Kuala Lumpur, which is the capital of Malaysia, in about an hour. I can get to wow. Jakarta, capital of, Indo- of Indonesia, in about two hours. A little weekend trip to Bali will take about uh, 90 minutes or so. Uh, Vietnam, so Ho Chi Minh, for example, another couple of hours. Bangkok, two hours. Hong Kong, I mentioned, is probably about Mm -hmm. four hours from here. Down to Perth, Australia, about four or five hours. Uh, I was just in Bangladesh. That was also just short of three hours. Brunei, about three hours. So you can really hit the whole region. region. There are so many countries, and I've had the, the fortune of training in about I guess almost 10 countries in, in, in Asia Pac in the last five or six years. And you can, you can hit them all within about a four or five hour journey, okay. which is great. So I don't have to spend too much time away from, uh, from my family. Okay.
0: Now, Tom, we're talking about selling and everything, but your experience in really moving your business from a North American organization and entity to a completely new continent, uh, and new customers. Can you tell me? I mean, I would love to learn about, a little bit about that background. What are what did you face? What was good about it? What were the challenges you really faced on, over the time? And I can see. <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's 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 not easy. I mean, the short answer, it's it's not easy. I mean, uh, I just try to remember back to when I was was in Vancouver, mm-hmm. you know, trying to get my business going there and get established and get well known. And and how do you differentiate yourself? And how do you right. find you know prospective customers? Uh, it's, it's not easy, and it's, it's it's competitive. There's a lot of people in all of our spaces who are doing what we're what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So multiply that maybe five or tenfold when you move to a completely new region where Absolutely. you have no contacts, you don't know anybody. There could be language barriers, or certainly some cultural differences and mm-hmm. sensitivities you need to keep in mind. So it was tough. I remember this one day uh, in in Vancouver. Elaine, my wife, was already over here, and. And I was committed to making sure that when I moved to Singapore and made the move, that I had a purpose, that I had a reason to get off that plane, that I had a speaking engagement already on the books. So I remember being in my basement suite at the time in in Vancouver and -hmm. and prospecting and just doing Google searches on, um, you know, entrepreneur meetups and networking events and, you know, all this type of thing to find out who do I need to talk to Mm -hmm. in Singapore? How do I get connected? Who are some of the movers and shakers? What's going on over there? And once I had identified those folks and those organizations, then it was basically just cold call, cold email approaching them. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, I'm Tom Abbott. I'm an international speaker based in Vancouver. I'll be in Singapore on these dates. Would you be keen on having me speak to your group on this topic? So a lot of them were like, nope, not interested. Never heard of you um, you know, we're looking for local homegrown success stories, mm-hmm. not international speakers. So it can go both ways. Some people will go, wow, international speaker, we'd love to have you. Right, exactly. And then some are like, you know, we want to hear a story from, you know, one of our, our local successes. So definitely face some rejection early on. But I was able to find one group okay. that was like, we'd love to have you speak. So that was really how I got my my foothold in Singapore. And, and I did my first engagement. It was a very small group of people. But my philosophy has always been, you know, those who are there are the right ones and just rock the house and make an impression and get them to talk about you. Absolutely. So that's really how I got things started here about six years ago and things just exploded from there.
0: And how long until that time, how long did it take you until really put your feet um, on the ground at at that place, like business wise?
2: Yeah. So I, so I got off the plane here in December of 08. Mm -hmm. That engagement I had booked was February of 09. Okay. And, um, after that, I just, and I'm, I'm, you know, quite a, quite a good networker. Um, and you know, you get me on stage, I'm going to rock, rock it and and people will will know about it. So I was, I was lucky enough that as a result of that, uh, I started to get noticed and you meet people and they go, Hey, you know, you should talk to so-and-so, or, you know, have you ever spoken at this group or have Mm -hmm. you ever networked here? So it just starts to really, um, uh, evolve from there. And um, I started to get noticed. Uh, I joined BNI, Business Network International. So at the time, for me, at the time, that was a really great way to you know meet a large number of people quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I spoke at their national convention. Uh, I think in twenty ten or no, it was twenty eleven because my my first book had already come out. Um, I got noticed. I mean, I, I think one of my biggest breaks was um, the national newspaper here, the Singapore Straits Times. Okay puts on these quarterly uh, workshops mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, development programs. So in the back of the paper, the back of the national paper, so you're in Vancouver. yeah. So imagine, you know, the, the, the back of the Vancouver Sun. Okay. There'll be a full page spread on okay. an upcoming program and they'll feature, you know, between one and five speakers that they're partnering with. So I remember one day in 2009, looking through the back of the paper and I'm like, who are these guys? talking about sales. What are they doing in the paper? How'd they get there? Right. Who are these dudes? I never even heard of them. You know, with all due respect, to them. I'm like, Correct. I've never heard of them. How'd they get there? That's right. And I've I'm always been the kind of guy that, well, if they're there,
0: then you can get I there. I could be
2: there. Correct. So I just picked up the phone. I called the newspaper said, hey, who puts this program on? I need to talk to this person. And i managed to get a meeting with uh, uh, the, the VP of sales and, and advertising who who organizes those events did a pitch to her and I said, I need to be on your program for the next session. And three months later, my face was in the paper alongside those guys.
0: There you go. You run after it and you look at the opportunities and you grab the opportunity from, uh, from whatever you, you can. You have
2: to, you gotta, Absolutely. you gotta yeah. go for it. And, yes. and then once you do that, you have to be able to, to deliver, Correct. right? Yeah. So um, I think my second big break from that was as a result of that public program, you know, we had a number of people there. I mean, there was probably about, I don't know at this point, but, you know, maybe 50 um, you know, business professional sales leaders that were there. And I remember one of them came up to me at the end of the session. She's like, Tom, that was awesome. That was great. I'd love for you to do something with my team. And she hands me this card and I look at her business card and the impression that I had was that she was, you know, just a, a small mom and pop operation, right? Um, but upon further discovery, it turns out that her organization is a, a regional brand that, that oversees eight different brands okay all around asia pack and i was able to land a contract where i trained 450 of their sales reps 100 in singapore 150 in bangkok and 150 in kuala lumpur and that for me was like the, the 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 big like i made it to the big show absolutely um i took my fee uh to another level And I I saw this photo of me on our balcony with me holding this deposit check, (laughs) which was, you know, a five figure deposit check, which at the time I had never held a check that big in my life. And I was just like a kid in a candy store holding ice cream. And I was just like. I think we're on to something here, and yeah. you know it's it's just been great ever since.
0: Congratulations! I mean, you deserve <laughs> it. It's I, I mean, it takes a lot of work. People don't know in the background uh, that how much work goes into it before you make it. And I'm sure during the time from December 2008 until you really landed a big uh, a big paycheck, as you said, um, thinking about you know I'm in a new country, a new place. What am I doing here? Uh, maybe the income is not is not coming. Up. All of those challenges come in until you really make it.
2: Awesome. Oh man, I mean I'll just share with you the income part at the beginning. I mean when we first got here, I mean I had some coaching clients that I was still working with and wrapping up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. When I moved to Singapore. But you know, th- those relationships end and it's right. time to terminate and say, "Hey, great, you're on your own. Enjoy yourself." But then I had no business income mm-hmm. coming in. So I was fully supportive of of my wife Elaine who was who was working full-time in an organization at that time. So for me, it was kind of like, hey, I really need to, to ramp it up. I really need to get it going here. So that was that was a bit of a challenge at first. But that was a real motivator to kind of step up. And I felt like in a new country, no one's going to give me anything.
0: I know, I know. I, 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 came, gotta work, I got to work.
2: Yeah. Right? Yeah, I you know came. What about, absolutely.
0: Right? You come to this country and it's it's a new thing and new people. And you have no idea. You're just by yourself, you know, yeah. op- uh I, I still remember when the the door opens in the airport. You know, it was exciting, but like, what am I doing here? Uh, what is the first thing I need to do? Exactly. What
2: did I get myself into? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I had my my ticket was uh was a return ticket, so okay. if things didn't work out, I was like, hey, we can go back. Uh, I was so grateful that my um, uh, at the, at the time in Vancouver, I was I was doing my sales training and coaching part time. Mm-hmm. And I was also teaching at Sproutshaw Business College, okay. doing business courses and sales and marketing. And my boss, who I you know I love this guy, he was like, you know, Hey, Tommy, if it doesn't work out, you can always come back here. So it was nice to have that, but I didn't want to have that. Right? Yes,
0: yes. I didn't yes. want
2: to. I didn't want to feel like I needed to to take that um, that offer. But it was it was just sweet that he that he that he you know extended the offer. But, you know, you get off the plane, like you say, and it's like, I remember, you know, coming out of Changi Airport, the doors open, the humidity hits you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, That's the first thing you notice. You're like, I thought it was December. And you're like, yeah, this is the cool season. You're like, what? It's like 30 degrees and it's so humid. Um, But driving down the highway in the cab and there's palm trees on either side of the highway. And I'm just like. I'm going to dig it here. I'm going to dig it. And I'll tell you, Singapore and Asia in general is hungry. Mm-hmm. It's hungry. They want, they, 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 they reward people who want to do something. Absolutely. I love that you know the cost of entry, you know, in terms of um, uh, business red tape, non-existent. Okay. You can start a business here quickly. Taxation is low. It's a great place to, to start a business and to do your own thing. If you've got the right idea and you've got the the fire to do something, for me, this is the place to be.
0: And you want to invest the time. It's, it's, I'm sure it's the best place. So now, if you had to go back all the way and redo what you did again, what would you change about it?
2: Uh, if I had to, what would I, what would I change? Like start the uh, business
0: again with somebody who would you would recommend moving to, to Asia what would you recommend to them not to do as the first thing?
2: Well, what what I would do, if I were to do it again, is I would probably uh, have joined CAPS. Okay. Right, I would have joined CAPS, the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. Uh, I'm a member of APSS, I'm on the executive committee, which is Asia Professional Speaker Singapore, which is one of the members of the GCF, uh, the, the GSF, the Global Speakers Federation. So we're all members of the Global Speakers Federation. Um, as an exco member, I've been invited to speak at the Malaysian conference, which I just spoke at uh, last month. And I met Lenora Billings Harris, uh, you know, who's um, GSF president. Uh, met Shep Haiken, who's NSA president. Um, so I've had the opportunity through APSS to meet other global speakers in other countries who have invited me to, you know, you know, speak in in other countries. So, you know, as a shortcut, what I would recommend for any, you know speaker is join your local speaking community and get actively involved in the exco and attend some of the overseas conventions and meet those people because they could help introduce you to the right people and kind of fast track things yeah so that you don't have to knock on doors on your own um cold i mean obviously i mean i'm a sales guy so I know that if you get that third-party introduction, that's a lot easier than you Absolutely, making a cold yeah. call. Absolutely. So that's something that I would do differently if I were starting over, and that's some advice that I would give, uh, you know, anybody today. And if you're not a professional speaker but you're a business owner, join a join your local chamber, because your chamber probably has um, uh, connections, some connections, and sister chambers that they can they can introduce you to. And by get involved, I don't mean just join. Get actively involved as a volunteer and, and participate on their board or their executive committee if you can, because you'll get introduced to other people. Um, I'm also a member of the International Coach Federation. I'm an accredited coach. I had my ACC credential, and I was on the Exco a couple of years ago for the Singapore chapter of ICF. That also opens doors. So, uh, you know, volunteering really does give back. And I think for a lot of us, we don't think about giving back until we've kind of made it That's and we're right. established. Um, and I get that. And I was probably late to the party in terms of giving back to my fellow associations. So if, if the Tom of today can give advice to the Tom of five years ago, I'd say, dude, start giving back a lot. Sooner. A lot. Okay.
0: Wonderful advice. Thank you so much for sharing this. Now, has language was any barrier at all? Um, have you faced that as a challenge? Uh,
2: for, fortunately not. Okay. Um, Many people don't know that that the official language of Singapore is English. Okay. Uh, Singapore is is an English country. Now we it, it is a multilingual country. I'd say trilingual in the sense that um, if if you could speak English, Mandarin, and uh, Bahasa Malaysia, you, that would be perfect. Um, because those are kind of our, our three main, main languages. Uh, languages and 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 races and cultures here. But the default language. Uh, the global language is, is English. So you can absolutely get by, uh, speaking only English in Singapore. Uh, so all of my training programs are delivered in English. Most of our work, I say half of our work is in Singapore and then half would be, um, you know, some motivational sales, keynotes or training programs that I might do, uh, in Kuala Lumpur is probably our, our second biggest market, followed by Bangkok, Hong Kong, Jakarta. I've done a lot of work in, in Brunei was just in Dhaka, Bangladesh, uh, India as well, which also is English. Of course. Uh, So you can get by. Um, If I've done work with some local teams, though, Mm -hmm. in Bangkok, a local team that's not a multinational, but a local team in Jakarta, English could be a challenge. So fortunately, I'm able to, I'm very, you know, expressive in my <laughs> gestures and and I speak clearly and enunciate and expressions so people can get what I'm saying That's right? right um and get people involved so they can get it on one occasion for that first engagement I remember 5 years ago or so in Bangkok I made sure that I had a a real time translator wonderful. if needed okay was not needed
0: okay wonderful
2: all right, but she was she was there on deck just in case. Wow, I mean, you know, it, um, yeah. Now, if you're looking at you know the China market, that that's a, that's, that's another that's thing entirely, yeah. and certainly you know being a Mandarin speaking trainer would be an asset if not needed. Uh, but I got to tell you, for us, um, the work that we're doing here is keeping us way busy enough without even having to even to, have China on the on the radar. There's a lot of work for us uh, in this region, and language hasn't been an issue, fortunately.
0: Wonderful. I mean, uh, when I, you know, coming here, learn a new language, a new, uh, a new culture, but really, the language is the barrier, and especially if your business speaking is requires the language, it's very right. hard to put it away because it is your, this is who you are as a speaker, right. and if you don't know how to to say it right, and sometimes a communicator, right? Because we're communicators. It becomes very, very hard to really get the message across or get your next engagement.
2: Absolutely. And and I like the word that you use, engagement. Mm. Uh, It's not the language barrier, but in terms of the cultural barriers and being able to engage with your audience. That's a whole other thing because a lot of people, they envision, you know, Southeast Asia as a place. Okay. It's not. It's a region comprised of several countries yeah. that are all very distinct and unique cultures. A Singaporean and a Malaysian and a Thai and and a, and, um, uh, and someone from from India or an Indonesian or someone from Hong Kong, totally different. Absolutely. And the the way that you relate to those people, some are more. Um, uh, engaging. Some are louder. Some are more quiet and passive. Uh, so you have to know how to deal with that audience. So there's certainly, you know, I've seen some international speakers come and they feel like, oh, their references to American baseball <laughs> it's are, gonna are really going <laughs> to really resonate here, and they're just like, a, I don't know, and two, I don't care. Yeah. You know, can you give us some like a football reference? Not soccer. We call yeah. it football, right? So having having a reference or local quotes. Yeah. Right. A lot of people might be quoting Barack Obama or some, you know, North American leader that they think everybody's going to admire and respect. But maybe a reference to Lee Kuan Yew would be more relevant to your audience. So you really got to know your audience and what's really going to engage them.
0: And and that's so powerful, knowing your audience from... Knowing your audience when you are in North America is 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 one thing because you technically know your audience, you know their cultural references, you know. But really, knowing your audience when you go to a different continent, not just a country, like it's a, it's a continent away, it, it takes a lot of difference. gut. it? takes a lot of analysis and research in terms of knowing what is this and how do do you deliver it the best way? Because you can be invited to 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 speak once but you will never gonna be reinvited to speak again.
2: Absolutely. I mean, one of the things that I learned many years ago is that, you know, if after your keynote or your talk or your session, if you don't have at least 3 people come up to you going, "Man, that was awesome. We'd like to have you do something else or can you come do this in our organization." If you don't have at least 3 people doing that, you got to work on your talk. I see. You got to work on your talk.
0: Well, that's a good You
2: got to be Yeah. You got to be swarmed by people afterwards, not just like, "Oh, that was great. Thank you for coming." Yeah, where where are the where are the people, right. right? If you get people coming up, oh man, I really dug that. Can you do that for our sales team, Tom? You know, then you know you've made an you've impact. Made, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Such a yeah. great way to evaluate. Uh, yeah, three people—that's uh, the minimum. That's that's good. Yeah, that's
2: yeah. And I, I live by that. And you got to find them in the audience. And really, if you see those people, like, wow, this is good. You know, you're doing this for them.
0: And make sure you are right. The eye focused on on these people to deliver.
2: Yeah, but, and just give them give them give them what they want. You know, make sure that it, it's it's relevant to them. You know, a big thing in in all markets, but particularly in in Asia, because there's so much diversity here, is you have to be careful not to offend anybody. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know, there's cultural, religious sensitivities. Uh, there could be things going on politically within their country right now that That's the maybe big you're thing. not aware of. Yeah you know so you you really got to be on top of it and do your homework and your research so i always speak with event organizers before the event and ask them what's fair game and what's off limits right what's going on right now that i should reference and what's going on right now that i shouldn't it reference does. You know, see, so it, it just, you know, that can really make a big difference in terms of the uh, the impact that you make.
0: Yeah, and that's the difference between being an expert and being somebody, uh, a mature, you know, doing it for the first time or just a few times or somebody who's looking at it from a career perspective versus someone who, you know, they do their own thing and they ask. They were asked to do as speaking. I mean, all of these are are incredible. And as I said, talking about how you do research about them, and that's specifically the political and the religious in in certain areas are more sensitive than anything else, and it can turn them right away, uh, turn them off absolutely. right away. Yeah,
2: absolutely. And what 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 some will notice that you won't hear is that some Asian cultures are so polite mm-hmm. and so forgiving of foreign speakers, that they won't tell you that they were offended. Mm -hmm. They won't tell you, dude, that was horrible. Mm -hmm. They'll just politely clap, you know, you know, and, and on an evaluation form, they'll give you fives all the way through because that's just what they do culturally. And you think you did a great job, but then they won't have you back. Yes. Or yes. they might tell people, you know, oh, I didn't like how this happened or how that happened. So you really have to be aware of that, not just from a presentation perspective, but from a sales from presentation, a sales perspective, right? Yeah. When you're growing your business, if you're trying to expand to foreign markets and take your business overseas, whatever that business is, you have to be aware of the cultural norms and the sensitivities and make sure that you're tailoring it yeah. so that it resonates with that person.
0: And that's so true culturally, because uh, giving feedback, I, I learned coming here in North America, giving feedback, you got to be direct, you got to Tell the person right away if you like something about them, you don't like something about them. And I came from a culture exactly like what you're talking about, is even if you, if the speaker is, you got to pay respect to that person, but you were never going to invite them again. So the the, the evaluation point, you know, I mean, not uh, from a speaking perspective, but the evaluation, you know, is you be polite because you can't, you know, break it um, that way, but probably... Your your giving feedback is a completely different. You don't return a person's phone call or, or <laughs> right? Like it's, so, right. So, so you know that the person is, 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 is not happy or was angry about something or you made a, a reference to something else that they're not aware of.
2: But in right, some cases,
0: yeah. But some cases, I guess they're, they're understanding if they understand that you have no idea. So-
2: yeah. So they'll, that's what I mean. They'll, they'll give you that, right. right? They'll give you that space to blunder right. because they, they know that you're from overseas, but at the end of the day, what we're all hoping to do is to make a great impact mm-hmm. with them and, and to be, you know, asked back and to, to dive deeper and to do more work with them. So, I mean, we're, we're fortunate that one of the reasons why I do a lot of work regionally is because I've done a lot of work regionally. That's so it's kind bad. of a chicken and egg thing right. and a lot of, you know, multinationals will engage me to do sales training programs for their teams across the region because I've had that experience over the last five years and I get what it's like to train a Korean team. I get what it's like to work with the Thai team. Mm-hmm. I get what it's like to have an Aussie team in the same room as someone from uh, Bangladesh, for example, or India and Hong Kong or mainland China. And, and how do you facilitate the discussion with all those different people in that room Uh, that, that's something that takes experience. So that's, I think one of the reasons why we we get more of that work is because we've done a lot of it already.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining in. That was the end of episode 13, which focuses on Tom's story in building a business in Singapore, outside of Canada and his challenges in building that. I hope you had, uh, you took lots of values and lots of information and tips from this. And I highly urge you to come back next week and check part two of Tom's interview, which focuses a lot on social selling, the book. Uh, It's not like any other book. It's the book. And uh, you will learn a lot about building a business, really, and uh, uh, getting new customers and new leads using social media. Until the next episode, have a lovely day. Bye-bye
1: masters of change show bringing you the most unique brilliant and inspiring entrepreneurs who will share their expertise to help you start and grow your business or inspire you to follow your passion and live your dreams with your host and a big smile barra ali listen to the show 24 7 at www.mastersofchangeshow.com